Welcome back to On the Prowl, presented by Cardiac Cats. I'm your host, Jacob Shorba, and today I'm joined by a new guest, guy I know very well, my brother Josh. Uh, he's also a fellow member of the Duval Faithful, and today we're going to be talking all things Jaguars. Sorry, no Chiefs today. And, you know, there's this crazy dominant win that happened on Sunday over Satan himself, Tennessee Titans. So we got we to gotta jag up this show because that was a great game. How are you feeling after that? I'm feeling really good. Thanks for having me on to your podcast. I really appreciate that. I uh, lost my voice after that game was over and was just in, I wouldn't say disbelief, but it was just so cool to see this team, the progress that they're making and how clutch they came up, really taking control of the game early on in the second half, right after the really clutch throw to Zay Jones that Trevor made to end the first half to put him up and uh, so they could go away with the lead going into halftime. Yeah, it was a very impressive game. I think the the part that I liked the most was just how serious this was to the Jaguars out of the entire schedule. You, you shouldn't look ahead to games, but um, the fans know that Tennessee is our biggest rival. We hate Tennessee here. I mean, they are... They are our arch rival. And for the Jaguars to take it as seriously as they did and to know, like to have the players know some of the history behind that too, which we'll get into a little bit today. um, That meant a lot as a fan to see those players go out and just beat the crap out of them. You know, the Titans have not respected Jacksonville for really since probably 1999. I mean, it's been over two decades. So, you know, you hope it's a changing of the guard with that game. But, yeah, uh, we're going to go ahead. We're going to start things off by talking about what happened around the NFL this last week. So, the All right. probably the big thing to me, um, actually, there's quite a few, but the Mahomes game was kind of uncharacteristic. In his career, he's had three games where he's had three interceptions, and he just had the third on Sunday against the Broncos, and they nearly lost after having a 27-point lead going almost going into halftime then i think they gave up 14 before the half Mm -hmm. started but yeah what are your thoughts on that i think there's a lot of low to mid-tier qbs in the league that if they threw three interceptions in a single game they likely aren't gonna engineer a game-winning drive to make up for it and have a chance to win i think mahomes consistently seems to defy this logic no matter how many mistakes he makes during a game and I just feel from watching him every time he's on that field, that team has a chance to score. And I think that you can't say that about all quarterbacks. And I really respect Patrick Mahomes for that. I would say he's definitely making more reckless decisions, but I wouldn't say that it seems new to me because he's always a risk taker and just has to be, the hero sometimes, maybe a lot of the time. And um, he seems to always find a way. I mean, the guy responds well to blitzes. He often excels when he's forced out of the pocket and on foot. Some of the throws he makes across his body with the receivers way downfield and just nails them as if he was standing still in the pocket while he's like sprinting away from a defender is just incredible. I think a good example of that in his last game was – where he kind of uh, tossed it to Jarek McKinnon when yeah. he was looking at being forced out of bounds. 
Yeah, that play was nuts. I I couldn't believe that they literally had no one covering him. I mean, if you're, uh, I think it was Justin Simmons who was on him. Yeah, you don't you don't buy on the quarterback there. That was a bad play by the Broncos, but he just finds a way. And I mean, he said after the game, you know, in response to the three interceptions, like he's gonna keep shooting. You know, that's who he is as a quarterback. He's gonna make mistakes. He was getting better at it, you know, over the last few years. He may start making more mistakes like he is this year, but you know, even if he throws three interceptions in a game, he's still going to be able to make the big plays. We saw it in the Super Bowl um, when they played the Bucks, where, you know, that game should be over. That that team should be dead. Mm-hmm. You see Mahomes making the perfect throw, and, you know, unfortunately for him, you know, nothing came of it, but he uh, he definitely doesn't get that flustered in a lot of those games you know he can come back from the bad plays so yeah and I see so much trust in his offense especially in in Kelsey or McKinnon or um, McCall Hardman whoever there's always just someone when the play looks like it's about to end there's someone that gets open like defenses just seem to not be able to cover everyone and there's always an option for Mahomes to get to and I think that's because he's a really I mean, he excels at improvising. He's a playmaker, and I think he's gifted in a way that many other QBs are not. And if you look at his stats on the season, he's outpacing the the favorite candidate for MVP by a thousand yards on the season, referring to Jalen Hurts. And he's got more interceptions, but he is in the MVP conversation right now. So I think that's worth noting. Yeah, I still think he's in it too. I do think that Hertz is the front runner right now, though, just because you look at you know his turnovers. He's had three interceptions on the year. He's had some fumbles as well, and then you gotta throw in the run game because he's had I think it was like six hundred, seven hundred yards on the ground. So mm-hmm. he's having a big year on the ground. He's got ten touchdowns there as well. So it kind of matches up a lot, and you see how big of a step the Eagles are taking this year. But Mahomes yeah. is probably going to break the uh, the single-season passing yards record uh, on the pace he's on. I think he needs 281 per game, and he's been getting over 300 a game. So we should see that. Um, I think that's completely doable. And even if he wasn't able to accomplish that this season, I believe he would in the future seasons. Yeah, he will at some <laughs> point. There's more games to do it as well, and that, that just does so much to – help players overcome those records um the other crazy well there's two other crazy things in my mind this week um the san francisco 49ers i guess it just doesn't matter who they have playing a quarterback because brock purdy um after being mr irrelevant being the last draft pick having oh i think it was his first nfl play he handed off the ball to the wrong side and no one was even there and mm-hmm. this guy uh, just beat Tom Brady like 35 to 7 in San Francisco. And I think a lot of that has more to do with uh, Brady's team just not being good right now. But that was a crazy game. And you've got uh, reports for Tom Brady um, saying he's going to return next year, but all options are open. You know, he has, I think he's got his contract ending. So if he wants to make a move out of Tampa. He can make a move, but it'll be interesting to see what he does. Yes. I uh, saw a picture of uh, Brock Purdy and Tom Brady shaking hands after the game, great to great. And I'm not an expert on, like, NFL statistics, but 
Brock Purdy had a hundred and thirty-four quarterback rating. I think that might be kind of good. That I didn't see that. That's kind of nuts. Uh, that's better than what Lawrence had this last week. I think he had like a hundred twenty-one, and he looked yep. like Mahomes on the field. So I don't know. I I I think it would be hilarious if on that team it was not Garoppolo or Lance, but it was Brock Purdy out of all the players. That would just be so stupid. It would almost be like what happened to, uh, well, they were called the Redskins back then, so I can say it, but um, when they had Robert Griffin and Kirk Cousins, and you got mm-hmm. Kirk Cousins being your franchise guy, quote unquote, they didn't, they weren't cool with it. They moved on from him. And they were taken in the same draft, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that's one of the few, I mean, it's maybe it's happened a lot of times, but that was one of the few drafts where I've seen one team take two quarterbacks. Yeah, that does not happen that often from what I can I can tell. I haven't seen it. Um, the the last crazy thing this week, um, Baker Mayfield apparently is fine and not washed at all, not going to the XFL because he came from behind, uh, I think, what wasn't it like 17 to 16 was the final score? He was down yes, 13 points. Yes, it was points. the same – it was the same score that uh, Tampa had to come back against the Saints a week yes. prior. Yeah. In the last three minutes. It was back-to-back games too, right? Because uh, I believe so. Tampa's was on Monday night. Yeah, I didn't yep. even think about that. Um, but yeah, Tampa Bay, you know, made the comeback, and then Baker Mayfield made the comeback, and so it, it kind of raises the question if uh, Baker Mayfield might be a long-term starter there with how bad Stafford was this year. I know my mm-hmm. opinion on it, but how do you feel about that? Uh, regarding Baker Mayfield, and then I know you asked me about uh, Brady and the Bucks. I'll get back to them after. Um, I think it was hilarious at the time that Baker Mayfield was in that locker room for less than 48 hours. I mean, I remember back in 2016 when Sam Bradford got uh, signed on by the Vikings because they didn't have a solution at quarterback. I can't remember their exact circumstance. And he was in that locker room for less than a week, and they managed to take down the Green Bay Packers right after. I think that might be the most recent memory I have that would be comparable to what Baker Mayfield pulled off. But I think the Rams, from what I've read and heard, are still committed at the moment to Matthew Stafford long-term. But I think these last four weeks for Baker Mayfield will be will provide him with ample opportunity to show other teams he's still got it. And I think he's really, regardless of whether he is the Rams' long-term solution at quarterback or not, I think that he is playing for his career right now in these last four weeks of the regular season. And seeing as the Rams were the only one that were reportedly interested in scooping him off the waivers, I'd say Baker is definitely under pressure and he's going to have to perform at eye popping levels to have a chance to be a starter anywhere next year. Yeah. Uh, For me, I think this was a bit of a fluke that he won that game. I mean, he even threw an interception on the last drive that got overturned. I, that's, that's just how I feel. I, I don't think he's legit. I think if he was legit, he would have kept the starting job in Carolina. This just seemed like a really crazy, flukish thing to happen. You know, and he played really good at the end of the last drive. I can't take that away from him. 
but he did nothing the rest of the game. He was missing throws. And I get that he's been there two days, but you see the route your receiver's going on. And he's going in a straight line, whatever direction he's going, and he's missing him by five yards. And he's doing that oh. like 80% of the time. I, I'll i be very curious to see how he does the rest of this year. But I think it would be a really bad move for the Rams to stick with Baker Mayfield as their starter past this season. I just don't think that's right. They need to keep Stafford. They need to try to figure out what's going on. Um, they're obviously in a Super Bowl hangover, but yeah, I, I just don't. Pretty buy bad one. Pretty bad hangover. Yeah, worst hangover we've seen. <clears throat> um, in recent on, memory. Yeah. The, the, so the Tom Brady subject. Go back to that. What do you think is going to happen? next year with Tom Brady. I still think that he stays in Tampa. I I just feel I mean they got a new head coach in Todd Bowles. They've been a roller coaster team this year. I mean it's they're far removed right now at this moment from, you know, their their the Super Bowl they put on versus Kansas City. And there was a week there where after the Saints win, it seemed like it could go swing back in the direction that uh, 2020 went for them because in 2020 they were 7-5, and five, and though that's a winning record by Tom Brady's standards, you might as well be like, you know, have lost every game at that point. But um, I think this loss against the 49ers in a blowout fashion is kind of putting them right back to where they were before the game against the Saints. And I think as a longtime fan of Brady, I think it's it's quite evident that there's just a lot going on around him. I think Bowles is the, – the, I think Tampa's missing Bruce Arians, I think for yeah. sure. He definitely left a legacy behind and is a very, very accomplished head coach. Um, I think one of the – is Tampa still at the top of the NFC South at six and seven right By now? By one that... game over the Carolina Panthers, and that's the Falcons at the same record, but the Panthers hold the tiebreaker. Yeah. I would say Tom Brady's also heavily missing Rob Gronkowski. Yeah. Um, I think that is hurt with him retiring and not having that go to thread in the red zone that was consistently reliable. I think uh, Chris Godwin was injured for a a good part of the season and Evans has been double teamed a lot from what I've seen. So he hasn't been as effective as he could be. And then there's Tom Brady's personal uh, dilemma saga with his divorce. And I think that was a huge distraction. And that's, that's a big personal event to go through in the middle of an NFL season. And no matter who you are, even if you're Tom Brady, I, I, I think that affects you. And I think it's definitely slowed him down a bit. Yeah, there's no way to get around that for him. Mm-hmm. I, I just feel like the team in Tampa is just broken right now. And I don't – you can't win the Super Bowl with one player, unfortunately. In regards yeah. of how good Tom Brady is, I don't think they can win a Super Bowl right now with who they are. I think this team was ready – to rebuild and move on. I think they were going to see, you know, a big exodus of players. And then Tom Brady came back. Yeah. It's just kind of confused things. Like they don't really know who they are. In my opinion, I, I think, I know you would not like this, but I think the best thing Tom Brady can do, and I've already told you this, so it won't be a shock. 
The best thing he can do, go out to San Francisco, sign like a five-year, or sorry, a $5 million contract for one year or two years, however long you want to go there. But head out there. You you went to college out there. Go to the team you mm-hmm. wanted to play for when you came in the NFL. They've got stars all over. He will literally have a super team around him, but don't take a ton of money. You, you're rich. Make sure they can build a roster around you. And honestly, I think if he did that, I could imagine a scenario where the 49ers go win a Super Bowl over like the Kansas City Chiefs and you get that one last rematch between those guys and the 49ers get the revenge. Tom Brady wins the Super Bowl with the team he wanted to play with and he can go off in the sunset. That's how I look at it. And that's a yeah. lot of speculation, but I can also actually noting, see that. It's also worth noting the San Francisco 49ers were Tom Brady's favorite team growing up. Yeah. And definitely, I think a lot of people never thought he'd leave New England to go to Tampa, especially. The only thing that he said and recently uh, that would give me hope that he stays is that he loves the Florida area, the Tampa area specifically. And he's really invested down there. And uh, he also has a lot of uh, business uh, on the side. Well, commercials, obviously. But I I guess I just don't, at the moment, foresee him leaving that area. Um, But I could be wrong. And I feel like if he goes to San Francisco, I mean, I, I could see the possibility in that. Because before this season started, obviously, he retired for 40 days. And on top of it, there was rumored that he was supposed to be a minority owner of the Miami Dolphins, yep. who happened to be big rivals of the New England Patriots because they're in the same division in the AFC East. So crazier rumors have swirled, and I definitely am not ruling anything out as a possibility for Brady. Yeah, I, I could definitely see him with a new team this next year. And could it still be the Dolphins? I, I think that's possible. I I. I don't know. It really depends on how like Tua does the rest of this year. But if Sunday yeah. night is how he plays for the rest of this year, that could flip pretty quick. Um, I I almost wonder if they trade for Tyreek Hill for Tom Brady. You know, if all those rumors were true, and they they literally lost their first rounder because they were manipulating. Um, they they were they were basically yeah, the trying Dolphins to like, negotiate with yeah. people before they were available to be negotiated with. So yeah. I, I could see that. I, I, I could see him maybe going there, but I think San Francisco is like the the dream perfect option. You, you get your super team and you take a little bit of money, not much, and you go win a Super Bowl there and, you know, go beat Patrick Mahomes one more time in the playoffs if it all works out and, you know, have your I don't have think it'll be rings. Patrick Mahomes. I have a, I, another. Yeah. I have another idea of who they're gonna face in the AFC next year. Yeah, we we both agree on that. But uh, yeah, I I think the cooler matchup would yeah probably still be Mahomes and Brady in this next Super Bowl. But yeah, I don't want the Chiefs to go to the Super Bowl. I'd rather uh, someone else in uh, Florida go there, and it's not the Dolphins. So yeah, um, as far as teams that surprised and disappointed this week, you know. Obviously, we want to run to the Jaguars. This is the team that surprised. But to mm-hmm. you, um, who is the team that surprised you the most? So this is a team that normally carries high expectations in their locker room. They've got good chemistry, a lot of weapons on offense for sure. 
and a pretty stout defense, but I went with the Los Angeles Chargers. And the reason I went with them was because this week was a test. They were up uh, against a high-powered offense and a pretty decent defense in Miami. And my, Miami going into the game was 8-4. and four. The Chargers were sitting at 6-6. Six and six. I believe they're down at, at the time of the start of the game. They were down to the Chiefs by three games in the uh, AFC West. Um, Justin Sherbert, I'm sorry, goodness sake, Justin <laughs> Herbert, not Sherbert. Good. He might like Sherbert. I don't know. I'll have to ask him if I ever meet him. I think he had a sharp game and, uh, once again, put his pinpoint accuracy on display. I think his stats, he threw for 367 yards, a touchdown. And as it sits right now, and this is pretty, pretty good record for him. He has the most passing yards of any quarterback in their first three seasons in the league in NFL history. So I thought that was pretty impressive. Yeah, he might be a good quarterback. I, I don't know. I mean, maybe we'll have to wait in there five years. But, yeah, he, he might be the ultimate example right now of a great quarterback that you can't really call, like, one of the absolute best in the league just because he has no playoff record. He, he yeah. hasn't made it. And I don't even – I, I talked to Griffin a lot about this. I, I cannot blame him for that. Mm-hmm. His team is so bad around him. Like, as far as the coaching specifically, but, like, his receivers are injured. Mike Williams is, like, the ultimate boom or bust guy. I mean, he makes Gabriel oh, yeah. look like a joke. He's either going to get, like, you know, 40 points in fantasy or he's going to get zero. You know, like, I'm sorry you have him on your team, you know, Mm -hmm. but he's just, he's so hit or miss. Keenan Allen's been out all year. They've got Austin Eckler, who's basically their leading receiver every year. Um, The defense had a big game, but a lot of the year they haven't, they haven't been that great because they've had all these injuries, even with all the additions, you know, the the Chargers have just been uh, very unfortunate this year, but it'll be really interesting to see whether they charger it or not going into the playoffs, you know? Yeah. I would say Mike Williams getting healthy and getting back on the field. I had a big game with a touchdown. It was pretty impressive. And some more in my fantasy team. Thanks him for that. Um, On both sides of the ball. I mean, Los Angeles just controlled that game. They never gave Miami the lead and, one thing that impressed me that really stood out in that game was the play where Miami had they, – they did shift the momentum momentarily to their side because Jeff Wilson Jr., the Dolphins running back, uh, coughed up the ball. And right as it looked like a Chargers defender was about to pounce on top of it, Tyree Kill scoops it up and runs it for 57 yards to the end zone. And it looks like he's a – I mean, I know he's nicknamed the Cheetah, but it literally looks like he's running past a field of gazelle just taking off on the run, and the stadium was going nuts, and uh, the Dolphins, that looked like that was their big breakthrough play, but the Chargers weren't phased by it. Herbert got right back on the field, and I believe he answered immediately as well, and I was just really impressed overall by the offensive and defensive performance from the Chargers. Yeah, it was the battle of the 2020 quarterbacks, and the guy mm-hmm. who pretty much everyone has known is the better quarterback this whole time won the battle, you know, in spite yeah. of the, the coaching around him. <laughs> I don't know. I just, 
I, I don't like the Dolphins that. actually okay. selected to uh, right in front of Justin Herbert before Justin Herbert went to the Chargers. It was one pick before. Yeah, what five and six, I think. I think so. Yeah, it was. Uh, I I kind of felt that it might have been in the back of Justin Herbert's mind because it was only two years ago. Yeah. He was in the twenty twenty draft. Yeah, in all <laughs> fairness, I'm sure he'd rather have Tyreek Hill as his receiver. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who for wouldn't? me, oh, hundred percent. Um, the team that surprises me the most is got to be the Carolina Panthers. How are they one mm-hmm. game out of the NFC South right now? They're three and one in the last four games. They they don't even have a bad roster. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, I've never seen a team that has blown things up, you know, in terms of the coaching and said, oh, but we're not going to trade anyone. And, and we're also going to compete for the playoffs this year. I mean, as disgusting as it sounds, and I don't think this will happen, but there is a chance that the NFC South is represented by Sam Darnold in the NFL playoffs. <laughs> I, I don't want to see that, but yeah, I mean, Tampa's failing Tom Brady so hard right now that you really <laughs> wonder if that's possible. And Carolina doesn't have a bad team. They've, mm-hmm. they've got, even with training Christian McCaffrey away, you know, they, they still have somewhat of a run game. Um, DJ Moore is obviously a really good player. And then, you know, they had the pick on offensive line, Ika McWanu. They've got the defensive stars. Like, they don't have a bad team. And hopefully they get a good coach this offseason because if they find a quarterback, they should actually be able to lead the NFC South for a while. Yeah. That division is wide open after this year, unless Brady returns, and that's only prolonging it for, you know, a year or two. So mm-hmm. I think the Panthers were, were my big team. Um, how do you feel? That was a good choice. Yeah, I I like him. Um, I don't hate him. I do wish that Jacksonville had a rivalry against them. I think that would have been, you know, really awesome. But, yeah, yeah. NFL didn't set it up that way. Um, for you, whose team that disappointed you the most? I went with the Miami Dolphins. Statistically, Tua Tagovailoa had the worst game of his career. He was uh, 10 of 28 for 145 yards, which aren't exactly, uh, isn't exactly lighting it up. Yeah. Even a full-fledged effort from Tyreek Hill, because I really don't feel like there's much Tyreek Hill could have done differently. I mean, he did everything he could to put them in contention. And back in that game, it wasn't enough. The Chargers just had answers all night to everything. I think it really hurts the Dolphins because with the Buffalo Bills – leading their division, and I believe they're the first seed in the AFC right now, talking playoffs. They just gave them more breathing space and room for error. So that's obviously a no-no. Um, I fully believe Miami is still one of the most improved teams this season. Yes. I think a lot of that has to do with Mike McDaniel, their head coach. And I still can't get over the fact that I feel like he looks more like a video game designer than an NFL head coach. But he's jokes crazy. aside, yeah, he doesn't seem phased at all. Like in these in these losses, whether they're close or or it's a bad loss, like it's just like basically kind of like as Belichick would say, on to next week, whoever we play next week. So it really, I mean, he has a lot of confidence in that locker room. As a coach, I still think he's should be in the candidate for coach of the, or a viable candidate for coach of the year at the end of the season. 
for Miami to be eight and five right now, and ahead of the Patriots, in the I think they're ahead of the Jets in the division, aren't they? I think the Bills are the only ones they're trailing. I mean that that's that's improvement for a team that has struggled for quite a few seasons now to find an identity and answers to the other teams that they couldn't seem to beat within the uh, AFC East. Yeah, he's going to have a resume for coach of the year, but I mm-hmm. think you and I can think of another coach that should win that. Yeah. yeah, I think he likes ice cream. Vanilla is what I hear. Yeah, he's a big vanilla ice cream guy every every Saturday yeah. night, I think. Um, speaking of him, the team that disappointed me, Tennessee Titans. And that's why I named this episode like this. Remember the Titans? I thought they were I mean, pretty good. <laughs> they were good for a quarter. Um, I, I'm not going to say they're a bad football team. I don't think they are. I think there's something broken there. And I think if they get a new general manager, which they are obviously going to now, um, things can turn around in Tennessee. But I really think man, against the odds that, that did affect them. Yeah, maybe. I just... I mean, it's affected them to the point where, like, their roster is not good, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was just... If you're a Titans fan, that has to be so demoralizing to see... That is the equivalent to me. If the Chicago Bears came in the Lambeau field and just demolished the Packers and <laughs> trash-talked them after the game and said, we're coming for the division, that that's the um- equivalent. Because, sorry, Tennessee has owned Jacksonville since 1999. Mm -hmm. I won't even go into the details of what happened that year. There's a lot of crazy stuff with that. I mean, Jacksonville. Oh, yeah. The the point is that if they won the games against Tennessee that year, they're the first undefeated team since the Miami Dolphins of like 1972. Uh, And that didn't happen. And ever since, this franchise has been haunted by the Titans. They have not been able to dominate them in a year. And for Jacksonville to go up there and beat them that way, that has to suck if you live in Tennessee. I mean, I saw the meltdowns on Twitter. It was like, Especially uh, in your own stadium. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, in, in a place you haven't lost to them since 2013, and that was just because yeah. you had Jake Walker as your quarterback. That's bad. That's that's really really bad. And yeah, I I love seeing the meltdowns on Twitter. There was a, I think the fan sided guy for the Titans started blocking people. Um, you know, it's it, it might not be fan side, but it's one of the uh, the fan pages. You know, just can't take it. It's too much. You know, having to lose a game to a division rival. You know, and I think Jacksonville didn't take well to the way they lost to to Detroit. The week before, that was the one loss that was a blowout loss on the season, and the defense just let Detroit run all over him all game. I mean, we all saw the same thing, and I think the offense even took ownership of what went wrong, and you know it was a collected team effort, and I think the sense of urgency was really elevated going into this game, and. It was really cool to see them take control of the game as soon as the beginning of the second half. I mean, if you wanted to make a statement about what your new team identity is and what your vision for the team is in the future, I don't know of a better way you could have done that by sending that message to the team that's leading your division right now or in control. 
Yeah, I, the thing that I loved, and it just it brings a smile to my face. I can't say it without smiling. Doug Peterson probably did the coolest thing I have ever heard of a head coach doing. And that mm-hmm. was w- him showing that video to the team on the history of the rivalry, the trash talk by the Titans before that game. Because so many players that have come here, especially because the rosters had so much turnover, they don't understand like how bad of a history we've had with Tennessee and how much of a rival they are. You know, they've dominated it the last 20 years. I mean, I think they're 34 and 22 now after that game against the Jaguars over the course of the franchises. But that's correct. Yeah. Tennessee has no respect for Jacksonville. They expect that they will beat them in every game without trying. And Mm -hmm. Doug Pearson showing them all of that before the game, Oh, it was beautiful. And, and to see the way that Trevor Lawrence talked to them after when they took the cheap shot at the center, that, yeah, that's I'm like gonna go my ahead favorite and part say of the that year. Trevor Lawrence was surfing social media and seeing all the people that were saying he might not have that dog in him. And he just, you know, took that personally and just went out and made sure that he put that on full display after the game. <laughs> Maybe. I really wonder because he's turned into a completely different guy, it seems like. And he won't say that. He's right. You know, he is the same guy he was before. But the way he sounds like I think he is more confident now. It's just impressive to uh, to see the way he's played recently and just to watch him take it to Satan. Mm -hmm. Oh, man, that was I wish I could have heard what he said to that guy. Oh, he told him, look at the scoreboard. I know oh, that. did he? Yeah, because he was pointing up oh, to the okay. scoreboard. That's pretty funny. Yeah, and you know they they might have wanted to do that because I don't I don't think they were very uh, close to winning that game after the second quarter. But yeah, I I, I was so happy funny. to see all that. It's funny when quarterbacks trash talk because it always seems like they're the ones that manage to get out of the 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 mess that it creates after a game. Like if a quarterback goes and trash talks like a defense defender and they, like, start mouthing off, then, like, a tight end or something or someone that's a different position on on the quarterback's team will step in, and then they'll start, like, you know, getting into it, and the quarterback usually is walking away to the sideline. It's kind of, like, instigating, but it's funny. Yeah. I I just love that they're demanding respect from the Titans now. Definitely. They, they deserve it. You know, if Tennessee cannot learn to respect Jacksonville – before that week 18 game, I think they're not making the playoffs. Lock and we're at home. It, that's, yeah, that's they have the to come into Jacksonville. We did this in their stadium and made this statement, and now they got to come to ours and beat us. And what could be the game that decides the division? Yeah, it, if we can gain one more game on them before, I'm thinking Sunday night football. That's got to mm-hmm. be Sunday night football. Choosing who the four seed is <laughs> and someone goes home. Yeah, yep. that has to be Sunday night football. The only way I could see it not being Sunday night football, and this was mentioned on Jaguars happy hour yesterday, is if uh, Tom Brady is like playing the Falcons for the, I think he played the Falcons last week, for the division title. That's like the mm-hmm. only way that Jacksonville won't get on for that. But I could see it. I could see a Sunday night football game, and uh, that, w- that would be great. But mm. yeah, we're going to we're going to go ahead and move on. Uh we've already been talking about the Jaguars, but we're going to just officially make it all Jaguars. We're going to talk about all things Duval. All right. So 
first question I've got for you. The culture in Jacksonville, with the big win over the Tennessee Titans, do you think this has officially changed? Do you think the old culture is gone? Well, you might not agree with this, but I would say that the old culture was gone before the season started. I know there's been a lot of mishaps, miscues, and mistakes along the way on both sides of the ball, mainly the offense earlier in the season, and then the defense seemingly later in the season has, has uh, kind of fallen apart. But I think both obviously had a stellar performance this last weekend against the Titans. Um, one thing that caught my eye before this season started was Doug Peterson at the start of training camp telling every one of those players and making eye contact with all of them to get it in their heads that they are going to be playing in January and February. Like completely get rid of the thoughts of what happened last year. The memories wipe them out, clean slate, start over, hit the reset button. We're, we're a different team now. And there is a different vision And it's just, to me, it says a lot about, I mean, Doug Peterson obviously has an incredible resume as a head coach. No arguing that, but it shows his confidence and his ability to lead a team. And I think that locker room has totally bought into his vision for what that team should be. And and they respect him as a fearless leader. And following this... win against the Titans. I loved what he had to say. There was some celebration there. The, my favorite part of which was the guy doing the backflip in front of security. I can't remember. Yep. I think that was Jenkins, maybe? Was it, it was Jenkins? number six. Um, I don't know who number six is, honestly. It might be Claybrooks? Might be. But the the, the security guy's uh, the look on his face when he was watching the guy do the backflip and running off in front of him was priceless. But back to uh, Peterson, he basically told the team in the locker room, you know, you guys on both sides of the ball played great complimentary football, but he also challenged every player to raise the bar and to tell them that if you can play to this level, you can go higher and to raise the level that you know you're capable of reaching and to carry the same attitude and the sense of urgency into each of these last four games because every single game matters that's left as for their aspirations for the playoffs, for the division title. I mean, Peterson is like, he's serious. And he knows that this team is, it's finding its way. It's coming to life. It's humming. And that there is, there is a decent chance. I believe an 11% chance right now they make the playoffs. I think it's higher. They're not all, all, that's just what the experts say. I think it's higher as well. Uh, I, yeah, I agree with you. I think that is full baloney because it's not even about the record. All it is is gaining one game on the Titans. That is all they have to do. And Mm -hmm. I I get what you're saying with the culture. I think that things did start to change. I think, man, there's there's a few things. And I think there's one part still left that we're going to see hopefully be exercised out of the team, you know, in the rest of the year. I think there's they still have struggled to play against opponents they think they are better than um i do believe that will be gone but yeah that's the one thing i think you got to see change still but i think that the win over tennessee was like the finale the great finale of the culture Mm -hmm. change because that is the one thing that has stuck around with the jaguars 
their entire history since 1999, including 1999, they have not been able to hand it to the Titans. They've not been able to get respect from the Titans. And even the 2017 team that mm-hmm. nearly went to the Super Bowl, they got killed by the Titans both times that year. The only reason why they got to the championship was because they didn't have to play the Titans. I mean, actually, it, I don't know how many people remember it, but the uh, I think it was the Ravens' loss, or it was something like that. Forced, was it the Steelers? I think the, the Bengals beat the Ravens. That's what it was. Okay. It knocked the Ravens out and it put the Bills in and it mm-hmm. set up the Bills as the number six seed, I think. It was something weird. <laughs> and so we didn't have to face Tennessee. We were going to have to. We could have been knocked out in the wild card that year if if things didn't go right. This team, point is, has not been able to beat the Titans and, and not been able to do it at least like consistently. You know, And we'll see if they can do that now. But th- it's been very flukish when they've done it. And for them to go up into Nashville, to treat them the way they did, to dominate that game the way they did, to force four turnovers, and for Lawrence to have his best game of his career, for Ingram to have over 150 yards and have his best game, you know, looking Mm -hmm. like actual Travis Kelsey out on the field, just in terms of the production, not the way the players play. But, um, yeah, it it feels like this was the big change for the culture. Yes. I think the win over the Titans is very special because both sides of the ball – they played complementary football, but I think there was a lot of a lot of players, particularly on the defense, that stepped up. I mean, I don't think that they were intimidated at any point in the game or had it in their mind that they were going to lose. And I think Quarterman coming up with that huge strip on Derrick Henry, right as it looked like he was out of bounds and the ball comes out after Henry's run for... I can't remember what quarter. It was in the first half, but I think he'd amassed like 90 yards or something or 95, and he was on pace to go over like 200 by the end of the game, which obviously Derrick Henry is a great running back, but I think that was a huge momentum and confidence booster. Uh, Guys uh, that I found notable that stepped up, Trayvon Walker, Arden Key had a big game. I think Fadu Kasi got a sack for the first time in yes. what a season probably ever His yeah he was stuffer. pretty happy he was pretty happy about that and he kind of had that he's looking around at the other uh players on his team like kind of like the hey did you see what i just did uh kind of look on his face that was pretty cool <laughs> and then uh josh allen he played a good game he got a lot more pressure on the quarterback i know that's been a question with him this season but i think he has taken accountability for where things have went wrong, and he definitely stepped up his game. And I think all those guys deserve credit. And I'm not going to forget Andrew Wingard because Wingard just continues to elevate the level that he plays at on safety each week. And he had a really clutch interception on uh, Tannehill that was super impressive. And I think I'm going to be really interested to see what happens with Wingard these coming seasons because as he continues to get better, I mean, you know the guy is playing to be a long-term starter and safety is a need on the Jaguars, whether it be draft or free agency. So I'll just be really interested to see what the future holds for Andrew Wingard. 
Yeah, I I think he could be a starter. I don't think he would be your ideal starter, but mm-hmm. I think his best role on the team is to be a rotational guy. I think you need to keep him in games. I don't think you can have him sit on the sideline because the big thing yeah. with Wingard is how infectious he is to the team. I mean, you saw it in the Baltimore game where he comes out and he's he's making plays. He's forcing a fumble. You know, we don't win that game without him. I mm-hmm. mean, he's he's that guy who, yeah, he might get burned. He might have a bad play, but he's also going to make the big plays. He's also going to give your offense an extra opportunity with the ball and stop a drive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like him. I, I think he needs to stay around. I think he's absolutely going to stay around. I don't see I do too. that guy moves on to an air franchise. Heck, I mean, probably freaking retire. Like this, this is his home, you know. Yeah. And I hope he stays here for a long time and has a. Solid he definitely role acts team. like it. Yeah, he's the next Tyler Shatley. Honestly, mm-hmm. you look at Tyler Shatley; he's been here his whole career. He's just yep. constantly been fighting to have a starting job. He gets in it here. He gets replaced sometimes. He's a rotational guy. He's, you know, he's just kind of all over the place. But he is a Duvalian, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, the, now the the big guy of the game. <laughs> I guess you could argue two people and you got Evan Ingram, but Trevor mm-hmm. Lawrence over the last, you could, you don't even have to say the last month. It's really month and a half now. I mean, how do you feel? Like you think he looks like the best quarterback in the NFL right now? I think over the last five weeks, he has really elevated his game. They've gone three and two dropped one to the chiefs and one to the lions. Those were, different types of games but I think earlier in the season Lawrence was uh, he was overthrowing receivers and his tight ends a lot you know there was kind of some critical errors made I remember the game in London against Denver there was a uh, they were right next to the end zone and had a chance to score and Lawrence uh, threw uh, threw one and in, into a defender's hands rather than just running out of bounds and I don't even think that it was a uh, third down I think they had another at least one more down to get it in it was like and first. I know that I remember the post-game conference after that and he was just looked visibly ashamed of that play and I think that was really the switch on his season where he knew moving forward you know it's time to limit critical errors don't make a bad play worse I remember you know Peterson was emphasizing that with Lawrence and telling fans to be patient with him and that, you know, this is the, this is the future of the franchise. This is the guy that they went after with the first pick in the last draft for a reason, because they saw the massive potential this guy has. And I think Trevor overall has looked and played like the best quarterback, at least in the last five weeks. I think that he's had, I mean, he's had 10 touchdowns, zero interceptions on the season. He's sitting at 20 touchdowns and six interceptions on the year versus 12 touchdowns and 17 interceptions from last year as a entire season. So the progress is, is evident. Yeah. And and I think you're right. The, the Denver game was the switch. He was angry with himself after that. And since, you know, he's the only turnovers he's had are fumbles. And I think he's had one, if I recall correctly, I think that was just the Ravens game. He nearly lost one. You know, actually, I think it was two. He's had two he's lost. But 
you know, we don't really consider fumbles that much unless it's a huge problem with the quarterback like Matt Ryan this year. Uh-huh. Um, but Lawrence has looked like the best quarterback. I think over this season, you know, and he discount some things for everyone because everyone has off games. I think Jalen Hurts is the number one guy in the NFL right now. The, the way yeah. he's played, the way he's elevated the Eagles. And, I mean, he has 32 total touchdowns. He's like almost 700 rushing yards. He's got, I think, about the same amount of yards as Lawrence passing. And yeah. he's got only three interceptions on the year. He's just been really good. And you've seen him also be clutch. You've seen him step up and be a huge leader in Philadelphia. So I think like you can very fairly say that Jalen Hurts is the top guy right now. I think Mahomes Definitely. is uh, he if he plays to his ceiling, if he doesn't turn over the ball or make the dumb decisions, he's the best quarterback in the NFL. But I mm-hmm. think that Lawrence, as we see him continue to get better, I, I think his ceiling is right there with Mahomes. And honestly, you know, people can say that's crazy. I I cannot believe that's crazy because for Lawrence, you know, this is a player who is touted as a generational prospect. It is in some minds the best prospect since like John Elway or maybe even ever in the draft. The ceiling is unlimited. And we yeah. saw him actually make some Mahomes like plays this last game where he's definitely moving around the pocket. The one um on the left, I think it was to Agnew, where he's like shifting around the pocket and he just like throws it real quick without hesitation at the end yeah. of the play, and it's it's a perfect throw. You know, and, and you see is... him just with so much confidence now. I, I think he's right there. And if I could choose out of every quarterback in the NFL who I want to be my long-term starter, I'm choosing Trevor Lawrence. Lawrence. I, I can't choose anyone else. I think Mahomes is right there, too. I think Hurts is right there, too. But I also like who Lawrence is as a person, obviously, and what he brings to Jacksonville. I have to choose him. Definitely. I would say Mr. 81-3 and three is back, and he is here to stay. And some notable things that I have noticed is Trevor Lawrence, the game is slowing down for him. I mean, he is more confident than ever. Uh, one of the notable plays in the last game, there was a play, I can't remember who the defender was, but literally coming at him full speed and Lawrence literally just steps to the side and the dude runs right past him. And Lawrence makes a great throw to, I can't remember which play it was, but it's just like, and then he was on his feet more, you know, the whole philosophy behind not making a bad play worse. He wasn't trying to force a throw that wasn't there or, you know, put it in a defender's hands. Instead, he took off and gained some yards on his feet. And that was something that we haven't, he's, he's shown off in college, how fast he is on his feet. I mean, he ran away from an entire defense in one of his uh, college highlights when he played at Clemson, but you haven't seen a lot of that in the NFL because of the transition and the new system that he's under with Doug Peterson and just their their move to find their new identity. Yeah, he's definitely shown a lot of improvement in his pocket awareness because we saw so many yes. times where it's like he has no clue who's around him and then he fumbles the ball because someone hits mm-hmm. him from behind. You know, And some of that's the tackle play too or the guard play. Usually it's the tackle play. Um, but 
yeah, he's he's improved in like every category. And the, the best thing I think recently has definitely got to be the swagger to him, the confidence. You know, it's not cockiness, but, you know, it's it's a yeah. good confidence. And I, I talked about that, uh, I think, last week in some of the issues the Jaguars had. You know, they have to choose confidence over cockiness. They can't underestimate opponents. And I sure hope they don't do that after this Cowboys game. I think they're going to take Dallas seriously because it's Dallas. They're 10 and three, but the mm-hmm. Jets game, you know, that that's one, even though the Jets will at least be 500 that game, you know, it's easy for teams to not take them seriously, but they have a really good roster. Houston, ever since I've been a fan, we have never beat Houston. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's crazy to think that, but it's true. Despite how bad Houston has been for so many of those years. Um, well, they're I, up. The next confidence to has grown. Be taken down. Yeah, I, I do believe that. I think they're gonna throttle them on the road. I think Jacksonville. I mean, this is a young team on both sides of the ball. Uh, overall, aren't they one of the youngest teams in the league? They are one of the youngest. I think there's always something new for them to process and to to be challenged by. Early in the season, you know, they had a hot start. I think they were two and one in the front of the AFC South, and then they had a, what was it, a six-game losing streak. So you could argue that one of their first big challenges was figuring out how to win a close game. It didn't seem like they were anywhere close to figuring that out for several weeks. And then they did it. And all of a sudden, that's no longer, like, the major issue. The next issue to me seemed to be the ability to play complementary football for both sides of the ball to fire on all cylinders the entire game and, you know, be able to close out a win that way. And I would say moving forward, what I would guess their next big challenge is, is to have two consecutive massive statement wins. And they're going to have their opportunity to do that this weekend when Dallas comes into Jacksonville stadium. Yeah, they're bouncing back and forth. They're like, they're Mm -hmm. winning, then they're losing. And the nice thing to think about, though, if if you remove that five-game streak where they lost, where it's all these close games that at some point they dominated, they were in full control in every single one of those games at a point. If you remove them, this team's five and three. Yep. They're not a bad team. I don't think they're as bad as their record is. I think the the biggest thing that's plagued them, honestly, well, earlier it was Lawrence just trying to get back to who he is, but it's the players on defense that are supposed to be so much better than they've been playing. And that's mm-hmm. what gives me some confidence for next year is that, like, you get guys like Walker and, and Lloyd and um, even Darius Williams on the outside now. Thank God they made that move. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It made so I, I much that. more sense. Yeah, they then they put Trayvon Walker's hand in the ground. They they did yep. things to improve it. <laughs> but there there's guys on the defense that are going to get a lot better this next year. You got Muma at linebacker as well. It, yeah. You have like pieces there, you know, and they'll improve it a little bit in in uh maybe even free agency, but the draft, it'll get better. But I, I have confidence long term in all those things. So definitely, uh, yeah. I think Mike Caldwell stepped up his uh, defensive game plan and the play calling 
this last weekend against the Titans too because the defense really got after it. I mean, they pressured Ryan Tannehill a lot, and they had an answer for Derrick Henry even after amassing nearly 100 yards, I think it was in the first quarter of the game, uh, which was on track to be like a record, I believe, statistically for Derrick oh, Henry. Oh, easily as if he needed it... As if he needed to set more records against the Jags. But yeah. they stopped him. You know, Quarterman came up with that crucial uh, strip on him. Duval and Duval reversed cried. the momentum. Yeah, it was... It's crazy to think this team is also doing this without a number one receiver. I mean, Zay Jones and Marvin Jones, I mean, Christian Kirk, they're all talented guys, but I feel like on a lot of other teams, you know, they wouldn't be a number one, especially on like, you know, like proven teams, like elite teams. So for it really is a testament to the new inspired creativity, I feel like on the offense, on on the play calling there. And the game plan, and just having answers. I think Lawrence in his post-game uh, press conference was talking about, you know, they had answers for everything, and they had a really good week of practice, and they're just they're confident with with the playbook that they have moving forward. And it's really cool to see them have this success, you know, without Calvin Ridley, and who I'm very much looking forward to seeing on the field with them next year. I wish he was there right now. I think he should be there right now, but. Can't do anything about that, unfortunately. Yeah, stop betting while you're away from your NFL team, I guess. It's one yeah. crime. Um, I, I mean, look I at it say this, way. this fun, fun fact real quick. You know Tyreek Hill said that uh, Christian Kirk was a top five receiver in the league the other day? I did not know that. Yeah, yeah he said That's that. Pretty, and it's a pretty big name to be saying that. Kirk, Kirk is a, uh, in my mind, he's a 1B or a 2A. And mm-hmm. and if you don't think about it in that way, he's an elite slot receiver. He he's Definitely. like second in the league right now, I think, from the slot because you just got Cooper Cup at one. You know, it's mm-hmm. hard to go up against Cooper Cup. But when you have him with Calvin Ridley and you know whatever they do at third receiver, if it's a mix of Zay Jones and Jamal Agnew, maybe you know that that'll look pretty good next year. And you got Evan Ingram probably coming back. Uh, he wants to stay here, get drafted tight end. Uh, there, there's a lot they can do with that offense where there's just going to be so many places he can go with the ball. Um, we do got to get moving along, though, on some of these topics. Um, Last thing more... I say is I was so yeah. hurt for Jamal Agnew that he didn't get that kick return touchdown. Oh, yeah. That was horrible. Phantom holding call. Yeah. yeah. I, the calls in that game were kind of obnoxious, and they got more like they they were doing bad stuff against both teams for part of it mm-hmm. too but yeah it was just obnoxious how many calls they were throwing out i mean they kept trying to kill drives over the course of for sure game. and then at the end they started throwing them on the titans when they lost because i think the titans they didn't have like a single penalty until like the third quarter it was pretty mm-hmm. late in the game that's the third time it was most happened in a jack's game yeah, yeah. They, they just throw them at him for every single thing um but yeah the the next thing i want to talk about we have a really interesting situation on the offensive line. We have the pass blocking. And I just saw a stat the other day where the Jaguars offensive line just set a record or tied a record for the most games in a season without allowing a sack. And I think six. some of that, yep. yeah, six. I, I think some of that is Lawrence and his pocket awareness now. I think when he's played really good, you, you see that. You see him able to elude players. But – the other side of this 
is that the run blocking is awful. And I mm-hmm. don't know if I've seen this on NFL team. I'm sure it's happened, but I can't recall one. And so it raises the question for the Jaguars where do they need to make changes to the offensive line in this offseason? I think that they're I, – I think they could use another option for an offensive tackle. Obviously, you have Jawan Taylor in question if he's going to be with the team or not next year. Could Tag walk and trade. Agency. Tag and trade to get a pick. Yeah. Then there's there's rumor Walker Little likely slide into his spot. Um, I know people have mixed feelings on him. However, it, it really, to me, it just depends on where they draft because it seems like their draft position changes every week. I mean, one week you're nearly third and they're going to be in the top 10. The next week, okay, maybe they're in the top 15. The next week, well, maybe they're in the top 20. It's like it just – a lot of it's going to hinge on these last four games – and if they make the playoffs, then they're going even deeper in the draft because they're probably going to knock out some games in the playoffs. I'm confident they can do that. But yep. I think one of their enticing options, uh, and the kid is really young, but there was a few people, at least one analyst that projected uh, Jacksonville to maybe take him was, I try not to butcher his name here, Olu Fashanu. Yep. He is not declaring for this draft. That is not. Yeah, unfortunately not, because he was the name floated around. Um, And this kind of we can transition into this last question with this too. I I agree. Like there needs to be changes made. Um, And my favorite was the other one I was going to mention. Yes, he is my favorite prospect for this next year Mm -hmm. because the the first thing I I like to look at, and you know it's it's not going to matter a ton but i think it's important for the culture and wanting to root for a team and one of the reasons why i love rooting for jacksonville is because there are so many good people on this team just morally mm-hmm. sound people that are so easy to support and i genuinely believe in the entire nfl that jacksonville has the best people in this organization as far as the players and and the staff um but you know, I start, you know, I look at like Pierce Gronsky's interviews and stuff about him. He's an outstanding person, high character mm. guy. He is a really good culture fit right off the bat. But the the important part, the intriguing part with him that obviously matters more because it's the game. He can play every single position on the offensive line. And there's even a prospect mm. behind him who can do the same thing as Paris Johnson Jr. from Ohio State. But Peter yes. Skaronsky he can play anywhere. So my my reasoning for why I really like him at the first pick is first of all because I think the offensive line is a little overrated. If you yeah. cannot have a run game, you're going to look like what the Buffalo Bills used to look like, and every team's going to know you're going to pass, and you're wasting a good running back's career if you cannot run the ball. So if you bring in Skaronsky, the bare minimum that he does the first year is take over left guard. You know, uh-huh. and there's obviously some size concerns with him, but I think it's going to be kind of like Penny Sewell, where it's not going to matter too much. He's still going to be really good as a tackle. But the first thing he'll do is he'll challenge Walker Little. Walker Little has uh-huh. to earn the right tackle job. He does not just get it because it's by default. There's no competition for him. And so hopefully Walker Little earns that job. You know, regardless of how that goes, though, Cam Robinson. After 2023, after the next season, he saves you $16.5 million to release. 
So you have Skaronsky, who's played left tackle in college for a while, who uh-huh. immediately in his rookie season pressures Cam Robinson. He has to be worth $16.5 million to be retained. If he cannot him play for well, a year to develop. Yeah. He yep. he's essentially he he's a universal plug on the offensive line and you force everyone on the line to be better because they won't have their job if they aren't better. You have replacement. And yeah, the the one way that doesn't work is if Walker Little and Cam Robinson both suck. But I don't think that's mm-hmm. going to happen. I think one of them's going to be fine, probably Cam Robinson in all reality. But I also think he'll probably get cut after that second year unless he wants to renegotiate. So that's the that's the pick I really like, my favorite prospect in the draft. But for yourself, I mean, who's your guy? I uh, it's kind of hard to choose. I I have two guys that I I chose, and it's like like I was saying earlier. I just don't know where Jacksonville is going to be at draft position wise, and obviously. It's going to fluctuate who's available and who's not. And things will obviously change after the combine. And on draft day, there will be trades. And it's just like it's all really hard to predict. But I went with two guys. My first one, Michael Mayer, uh, tight end. Huge, huge bodied tight end. And I'm going to go ahead and say this. If Jacksonville manages to get their hands on Michael Mayer, I'm willing to bet that he never has to contemplate retirement to get out of being traded to the Lions. And you could ask <laughs> Rob Gronkowski how that feels because he's got his seal of approval. <laughs> yeah, a little Gronk. Or some, things Gronk. That, some things that pop out about Mayer, he's 6'4", he's 265 pounds, big guy, uh, very stockish type of run, great downfield blocker, excels in picking up yards after the catch, Great burst off the line, uh, creates separation very well. That, and he's very hard to bring down in open space, and he can muscle his way through defenders. And also, I don't know, oh, I already uh, said he's a, oh, no, 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 I didn't say this part, but he's a ball hawk in the red zone, very reliable red zone That's target. That's very important. Which can transform an offense, as you've seen with the Gronkowski, Kelsey, uh, there's so many other tight ends you could name off, but it's very, I think, important to have a hu- a good tight end, as Ingram demonstrated this last week and really stepped up for uh, the offense in Lawrence. Yeah, I, I like uh, I like him as well. Michael Mayer is going to be a good prospect. You need to have a pretty cool shirt we can make if, if he comes here. Might, might really Sounds like Michael, Michael Myers on Halloween, yeah. Yeah, it would be pretty fun to work with, but... I think he would be a great prospect. Um, It really comes down to how big your needs are at other positions. And at the same time, you don't draft off of need. You hope you hit that in free agency. But it's going to be hard for Jacksonville to sign free agents because they're not going to have a ton of money. They're going to have to renegotiate. They might even have to renegotiate Christian Kirk's salary because, I mean, him or Foye Lucon because those are the guys you're super confident in being here for a long time you know you might have to push money down the road just the way it's looking um yes yeah i like michael mayer um my other favorite prospect um and actually before i mention him the 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 home run in this draft is jalen carter 
if he's Definitely. sitting there, I don't know where Jackson will pick, but I highly doubt they're out of range for Jalen Carter. If somehow he was available, that's the home run because you have an incredible interior defensive lineman who allows Walker and Allen to get more sacks. So I'll just blanket statement that he would be the best guy, but he's not going to be available where we're picking unless we tank the rest of the year. And this team is not tanking. Um, my second guy, though, is Darnell Washington. Good one. And to me, he's the second best tight end in this draft class. You can get him in the second or third round, but the way he looks to me, <laughs> he reminds me a lot of Travis Kelsey. Mm-hmm. And I, Travis Kelsey is the greatest tight end of all time, honestly. Yes. I, I think that's very fair to say, and you look at the season he's having, I don't think you can argue against that. And I'm not Hurts saying to Darnell say Washington. as a Gronk fan, but it's true. Yeah. Unfortunately, um, Washington <laughs> is not going to be the greatest tight end of all time, you know, without something amazing happening, but he has that same kind of look like he's a really dang good blocker right off the bat. If you get Skaronsky mm-hmm. and Washington, your run game is so much better right there. You're already giving Etienne a huge chance. And then Washington helps with the pass blocking. Skaronsky does that as well. But Washington is balanced. He can he can do the blocking, but what he's shown this year and what people questioned about him was whether he could catch the ball. And you've seen him mm-hmm. come down with some really awesome catches. You've seen him develop. And he's done that in the midst of having Brock Bowers at Georgia as well and Eric Gilbert. I mean, Georgia has – Georgia's like tight end university right now. They have a lot of prospects out there that are going to go high in the draft. I mean, Brock Bowers is the next – Big, big guy. Probably more than Michael Mayer, um, based on how people have talked about him. I like Darnell Washington a lot because you get a guy who's developing in the pass game who will probably be balanced. You put him with Evan Ingram. Defenses will not know what you're doing when Washington's on the field because he can do anything. And Mm -hmm. you pair him with a coach that is a tight end guy. You You know Doug Peterson for the tight ends. And ideally... He has two of them, and this would be the second. And you see Trevor Lawrence also working more with tight ends now with all the passes to Ingram this last game. Yeah, and there was a few to really Dan like Arnold, that. too. Yep. Yeah, Dan Arnold even got involved. I just think that's that's a really good like value pick and a player who can be really dang good for the Jaguars. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. He's a solid option, and I'd be very happy if the team got him as well. Yeah, it would be a good pick. Not as well, but if they got him in round two or three. Well, it's looking like round two right now, I think. Yeah, especially with where Jacksonville's drafting. I don't think they could get him late in round three. I just don't see that happening. Plus, this is probably a guy who's going to test out really well at the combine, shoot up boards, and get overdrafted. So, second round's probably where he's going to go. Yeah, so you got anything else to add on on our uh, All Things Duval section? I had one more guy I was looking at, okay. and I would be ecstatic if the team could get this guy in the first round. Keely Ringo. Um, oh, yeah. Man in zone coverage experience. He's 6'2", 205 pounds, so he's got the build for a solid cornerback. It seems to be on his college tape that he sticks to some of the most elite receivers like glue. I mean, the guy does not allow a lot of separation by any means. He's extremely physical. He's a ball hawk. He can make plays in the backfield. 
and his tackling ability is insane. He's got long arms. He can bring a receiver down. And I think he's a perfect complement of a cornerback that could be a shutdown cornerback uh, with Tyson Campbell. And I think to have Tyson Campbell uh, and Keely Ringo on the same defense in Jacksonville, I mean, that, I don't know if, if that doesn't create excitement for the Duval fans, I'm not sure what will. But you also got the chemistry that uh, Keeley has with uh, Trayvon Walker as they both played at Georgia. That's a yep. good thing, I think. And Tyson but, Campbell. Yep, Campbell as well. So I think that would be really super awesome if they could get him. Yeah, that that could be a really good pick. And one thing I also love about Ringo is that he steps up in the big moments. He got the game-sealing pick-six interception in the national championship last year. And, yeah. man, were we not talking about needing that kind of a player on the defense like a month ago when we couldn't finish Definitely. games? He would yep. be a really good pick. The only thing I have to um, worry about with the cornerback position is that, like, Darius Williams could end up just being the outside guy next year. That's where he's mm-hmm. supposed to play. I don't think he's a slot guy. I think he's better in his natural position on the boundary. So it, I'm kind of torn on cornerback right now because I like some of these prospects. My favorite guy is Devon Witherspoon. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also like Ringo a ton. I mean, he's a better prospect, but I like the value on Witherspoon a little more. I like um, who he is as a person and how yeah. he cares about football. But, yeah, um, it really depends on what Jacksonville does there, um, if Darius Williams is the answer on the outside long term. And I hope he is because that would that would help out this team a lot if they have that guy in the building right now. Definitely. Yeah. Well, let's go ahead. We're going to look forward to the week to come and uh, check out this matchup. It's going to be a big game against the Cowboys, 10-3. and three. Um, Not very coming off game. a very – yeah, not coming off a very impressive game against the Texans, but you can't underestimate them. The, the Cowboys yeah. just have a great team. Micah Parsons is going to be hard to stop. Hard to stop. Um, this team is going to have to step up with the offensive line, and Trevor Lawrence is going to have to have a huge game. Yeah. I think one the one game I look at uh, that gives me a lot of hope for their chances and, uh, well – just their game plan against Dallas is the Baltimore game. Exactly. Baltimore's defensive unit was one of the top in the league. So is Dallas's. I think I can't remember if Dallas is second in the league or I don't remember what where they stack up, but they're very high. One of the top tier defenses in the league. Um, and I, I think it's it's going to be a huge challenge. And I think when it comes to Trevor Lawrence, he's had big games against Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson. You know, he's dropped a few to Jalen Hurts and uh, Patrick Mahomes, who are just the two best, I mean, two two MVP candidates on the year. So He did I do guess better that, than Mahomes, though, in the Chiefs game. Yeah. I will say that. Yeah. He was a better quarterback in that game. Yes, he was. Unfortunately, the defense just didn't have an answer for the Chiefs. But yeah, they've since improved, and I hope they continue trending in that direction. And the offense could have made more plays, too, and answered quicker. Started faster, for sure. And I think the one that Christian Kirk dropped that uh, Lawrence pitched to him when they uh, started the game with an onside kick and got it, was yeah. uh, that kind of hurt, too. So, Yeah, it was a killer. 
I, I think uh, I think Lawrence is going to be challenged. I could see a pick in this game. I could see him throw his mm-hmm. first since week nine. I, I don't know if he will. He could just play a fantastic game against a really dang good defense. I think where we're going to see the turnovers is still going to be against Dallas. We just saw it with oh. Dak Prescott this last week where he's making bad decisions. He's turning over the ball. And the Cowboys are just being inefficient. They're looking past the game. And if Dallas doesn't really know what's going on in Jacksonville, it's pretty easy to look past a 5-8 and eight team. So that's what I mm-hmm. hope. I hope they look past this game. I hope they're looking forward to their next Eagles matchup, which I think is the week after, if I remember correctly. So I believe so, that, yeah. It's coming up. Um, they might not be that focused on this game, knowing that team. They buy into a lot of hype. Um, but you know, Dallas, they've got they've still got two good running backs. Um, I think Pollard is better, but mm-hmm. they've got two guys who can control the game. If they get ahead, Jacksonville needs to stay in this. They can't let get out of hand. We need a run game. We need Travis Etienne to be able to play well. Unfortunately, he's just kind of been screwed this last week. Mm -hmm. I mean, you look at every one of those plays where he got the ball. There was no chance to get yards. It wasn't for lack of trying. He just had nowhere to go. He got stuffed constantly. Yes. Yeah, and they had an answer for Travis Etienne. He's one of the most potent weapons on that offense. I mean, he is, his evolution as a player on the season is incredible. And I think next year, I think Travis Etienne is going to be one of your top running backs in the league, if not the top. I mean, the guy is only going to continue to get better. And yeah. there's going to be games where they have a good game plan for him. You could say that about the best running backs that have ever played the game. and I feel like that position in general just continues to evolve. You know, there's always someone that brings some kind of new element to it or some new trick. And I think ETN, especially having that chemistry with Lawrence from Clemson, you know, for them to be playing on the same offense, you know, in the NFL is really cool. Same team. Um, But I definitely expect big things out of him against Dallas. And I really think this is, um, not only is this a challenge to stack wins, you know, consecutively for Jacksonville, but it's also them not relying on the Titans dropping some games to get back into contention. If they win this, yeah. it's it's a huge statement win over a 10-3 and three team. Yes, has their struggles, but still is a, a playoff contender and one of the NFC's juggernauts at the moment, I would argue. Um, but I, I, I see Jacksonville potentially coming out of this with a win. I'm confident they will win. I'll put it that way. I, I agree. I I think this game will be pretty neck and neck, but I think Jacksonville is going to be a really good team. I, they can lose this. I'm not saying it's not mm-hmm. possible. And one thing that's going to hurt is that the home field advantage will probably be taken away quite a bit because there's going to be a lot of Dallas fans traveling. There always mm-hmm. is. So that's going to hurt a bit, but <clears throat> we got Jacksonville on us on our side, man. Uh, you know, he's elite home field advantage. Yeah, it's that's the biggest part of this game. But maybe I he think, can get in his American speedo again and distract Dak Prescott a little bit, or the kicker. <laughs> he should be wearing it. I think he wears it all month. So that's great. Yeah, that's big, big advantage. Um, I think the Cowboys are gonna have some turnovers this game. I think yep. the Jaguars are gonna capitalize. I think Lawrence is gonna play a good game, and there's a chance that. If and I think Tennessee has traveled the West Coast out to uh, 
out to Los Angeles to play the Chargers. If Jacksonville wins this and Tennessee loses, Jacksonville only One game has out. to win. Well, they had they had that game last week. They mm-hmm. they right where they need to be. They play the Jets. They could beat them. Jets are having quarterback issues. They play the Texans. You know they're going to be pissed off at the Texans. You know mm-hmm. they want to kill the Texans. And the Texans are tanking right now anyway. They're trying to get that first yeah. overall pick. Problem is they're oh, yeah. locked up by then. So they might just want to beat Jacksonville. You know, these are the only games they prepare for every year is when they play Jacksonville. But um, you got that, and then you play the Titans at home. I, mm-hmm. right now, I, call me crazy, I think the Jaguars will finish this season 9-8 and eight and make the playoffs. And be I think the exact same thing. Don't think you're crazy at all. Yeah, I think it's very possible. I think the 11% chance of making the playoffs is baloney. They could lose mm-hmm. one. They could blow one. It's absolutely possible. But I, th- I think when you look at the schedule and all that, this is the big game. If they can win this, they can run the table. So yeah, that's how I feel about it. I, this. This is huge. This is this is one had, of the biggest games of the year. I had two last things to add to their matchup against Dallas. One, one of the biggest reasons I want to see Jacksonville win this is so we could see uh, Trevor Lawrence's face on one of those just checking to see if we still them boys memes. Oh, yeah. I think that'd be beautiful. Oh, yeah. yeah. And maybe um, that's Dak... the first thing, first thing yeah. I'm going to share if they win. <laughs> maybe uh, Dak Prescott can have like a social media tirade like Lamar Jackson did. That'd be oh, cool. my gosh. That was, that was derogatory, yeah. man. I, I, I remember when that. I used to uh, wish the Jaguars got Lamar Jackson at quarterback. I was literally watching the draft and asking them to get Lamar Jackson. But, yeah, I don't feel that way anymore. I think we've uh, – might have You couldn't have done to do that, though. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, it, it would have been better for Jacksonville back then, but we got the right guy. We got the perfect yeah. guy for, for Jacksonville. Um, the, you got there. the last thing I wanted to add was that no matter what happens – Dak Prescott's overpaid. True. Can't doubt that. <laughs> We're getting more bang for our buck right now anyway. You can't doubt that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we will go ahead and move on, look around the NFL and some of these upcoming games, rapid fire this, uh, shoot through them. So the rest of the week 15 schedule, first game we've got is the Ravens and Browns. Who you got? Uh, I'm going to have to say this late in the season, the Ravens got to win that one. I mean, they're playoff hopeful, obviously, and I don't know what seed they hold, but they're always a threat, so they can't drop one to a team like Cleveland. Yeah, Watson sucks. They're going to lose. They've screwed yeah, up. Yeah, but he's – That's simple. I mean, he still still has a lesser suspension than Ridley, unfortunately. Yeah. So, yeah. Good job, Goodell. It's crazy. <laughs> just insane to me how he just so happened to come back for the Texans game. I. You know, yep. it, it, apparently that was based on precedence, even though there's like never been an 11 game suspension in the history of the NFL. But sure, you know, we'll we'll all eat your uh, or drink your Kool Aid or whatever the heck the saying would be. Bills yeah. and Dolphins. Oh man, I'm gonna say Dolphins. Uh, the Dolphins are pretty. I would say they're pretty pissed off after this last win, or I'm sorry, this last loss against the Chargers. And I think the sense of urgency is going to be there. And the Bills have picked up the pace and, you know, gotten back into being the juggernaut of the AFC they are. They hold the number one seed, but there's going to be an upset this week somewhere. And I feel like it's going to be a big one. And I feel like Miami is going to have their chance to do that. So 
We'll see what happens. The Bills are also going to be pretty mad going into that game. You got to remember that, too. I mean, you remember the dude, like, throwing down his clipboard at the table when they lost in week three? Uh, Yeah, yeah, it was like the offensive coordinator. Apparently, that guy's never lost a game in his life based off that reaction. He had no idea what to do. I think the Bills... Tom Brady yeah. even said something about him on social media. I think he said something like, dude, I don't even get that mad. He's like breaking tablets and screaming at his teammates. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I think this game could go either way, but I think the Bills are going to pull it together. I think the Bills, honestly, will probably get it figured out by the end of the year. I think they're going to go back to who they were by the playoffs. Um, they could. Same, same for the Chiefs, too. And that leads into the next game, Chiefs and Texans. I mean, do we need to talk about this? <laughs> I think the sorry. Chiefs are gonna Houston. have that one in about you know the first three minutes of the first quarter. <laughs> well, they might play with them like they did Denver. To be fair, I I don't because... know. I think they I think this will be the one where they blow them out. I, I don't want to say that. Last week, I I said that I thought Mahomes would throw a pick, and they threw three. <laughs> so I'm sorry, Griffin. Yeah, the Chiefs will blow them out, forty nine nothing. There you go. Uh, Chargers and Titans. Traveling out to the West Coast. We got to get some help from Los Angeles, and they played extremely well this last uh, Sunday night. So they got to keep their momentum rolling, you know, get as high of a seat as possible uh, going into the playoffs because they're, I can't, they're not in the hunt. They are a playoff team right now, aren't they? They're in the top seven. Yeah. Seed wise. They might have been knocked out by New England, actually. If I. No, I think they're still ahead of New England. I looked at it the other night. I think they're right ahead of New England and the Jets because the Jaguars are right behind New England and the Jets. So I think the Chargers have the last seed right now, and they're going to be looking to keep that So or move yeah, up, the, obviously. They're better than um, than New England anyway. But, yeah, they've got to mm-hmm. get ahead of them. It's a big game for them. I, I think the Chargers will win, but I will not be shocked if Tennessee pulls some dark magic and wins that game. That's the kind of thing they do every year. The hope, though, is that they're broken, and they very mm. well may be broken. I hope they implode the rest of the season. Regardless, you know, the last game will matter unless Jacksonville cannot make up ground. They cannot lock up the division before week 18 because if Jacksonville ran the table and Tennessee lost every game before that, if Tennessee won the last game, they're still in. So it doesn't yes. even matter. Like, Tennessee – the only thing they need to do to have a lock before is just not lose one more game than the Jaguars. But yeah, I, I think the Titans are, are going to put up a fight there, but I think the chargers still get it done. They've got a better quarterback. Things are unraveling in Tennessee. I hope it continues that way. Raiders and Patriots. I've, I've actually, I didn't even no. I, okay. I got Raiders on this one. How about yourself? That's an interesting one. I would say, yeah, I'm going to say Raiders. The Raiders are just so hit and miss this year. They've obviously had a hugely disappointing season. And, I mean, I think that was pretty evident when Derek Carr was crying during his uh, post-game press conference. Can't remember which team that was against. It might have been yeah, the Jaguars. It, was it and the then Jaguars? Raiders. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It, it's crazy oh. how Raiders fans have the audacity to, uh, to trash talk Jacksonville after that. It's bizarre to me. But, yeah. So uh, we've made the Raiders – and the Titans cry. So that's an accomplishment. Yeah, I did see the Titans guy crying. I actually felt bad for that guy. He seemed like a decent human being in just an awful place. 
but that's also how I feel about Derrick Henry. Uh, Definitely. Viking, Vikings and Colts. Vikings. Oh, Vikings got to win this one. After losing yeah. to Detroit, they're going to have probably a similar week of practice to what Jacksonville had before the Titans. They're going to be fired up and amped up to go win. So I don't see the Vikings dropping that one. Yeah, Especially, I'm, what what's the record now? 10-3? and 10-3, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. They've got to win it. And uh, you've got Lions and Jets. Um, I said the Lions go keep Lions. going. Yeah. yeah. The Jets, we don't even know who's starting at quarterback. It's not looking good for him. No, so, not at all. I, good thing for Jacksonville. Yeah, and, I, yeah, we play him four days after this game. So, yep. I, something to consider if you're a Jaguars fan, you better be if you're watching the show, by the way. Um, <laughs> they're 5-8 and eight right now. There could be a four-game span where they go from 5-8 and eight to 7-8. and eight. We will know mm-hmm. very, very fast where Jacksonville will sit at the end of the season because the games are going to be rapid fire. I, th- I think they're going to win them both, though. Um, the, the Lions, I've got them, though. And then you got Cardinals and Broncos. Um, Wilson could be out in this one. Concussion program. Yeah. If w- And Kyler Murray's out for the rest of the season with a torn ACL. Are you serious? So this one... Yeah, yeah, he tore his I didn't ACL even see that. Patriots. Yep. Shoot. Yeah, uh, he's gone for the season. Wow. I I don't know. This who is wins like them. your uh, head scratcher game of the week where it could go either way. I'm going to have to say it, it comes down to who has more weapons. And I feel like Jerry Judy, regardless of the loss, had a big game. But then you got DeAndre Hopkins on the Cardinals receiver. Talk about receivers. I don't have knowledge of how good other defense is, honestly. But between the two, I'm going to say I'm going to have to go. With, uh, who's Arizona's backup, their quarterback? No clue. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to go Arizona. Okay. I'm going Broncos. Um, and here's the reason why. I think this is very valid. The Broncos have Jerry Judy. And Jerry mm-hmm. Judy played me in fantasy last week and killed me. And this is the first <laughs> playoff game, and Jerry Judy needs to kill me in fantasy. It's part of the narrative. So I'm going to have the Broncos. Russell Wilson comes back from concussion protocol, able to play, has a big game, starts to look better. You've still got questions, but I think it'll start to be a little better of a team. And then If you Russell got the, Wilson yeah. starts, I'd go Broncos, but I'm not sure if he is or not. So I'm going to go Cardinals until, I guess, further developments. I think still the Broncos defense could uh, kind of win that game. I mean, we just mm-hmm. saw them have a huge game against Patrick Mahomes. So yes. that's that's how I feel about it. You got the Bengals and Bucks. Uh, it kills me, but Cincinnati, yeah. I think they're they I think they've been elevating the the level of a. Uh, I mean, just, just decision-making. Jamar Chase is back and healthy. has been for a few weeks now. He's been a huge asset. Uh, T. Higgins has been balling out. Uh, Number one I'm receiver. Sure, I'm not sure what Mixon's – well, it's because Trevor Lawrence was his quarterback in college. He, you know, yeah. made him the way he is. It's all credit to Lawrence. <laughs> Gosh, and I'll tell you, man, if there was ever a way to get T. Higgins to Jacksonville – to fill Do in it. like where Zay Jones was, I would send like any pick they wanted, uh, unless it was <laughs> the first overall pick, and I might still consider it then. 
Because that would be so stupid of a receiving core. Um, I've also got Bengals in this. The Bengals just, they show up the big games. Joe Burrow shows up in those moments, you know, unless he gets sacked a hundred times. And I don't think the Bucks are going to be sacking him a hundred times. So I've got him winning that game. I've got Tampa continuing to struggle, continuing to fail Tom Brady. I can't believe Joe it Burrow time. just has great on-field awareness. He, he, I, he senses, you know, when defenders are closing in on him. He's gotten so much better, just not over just like this season, but just from the for the start of his NFL career. Like I just can't help but feel that that guy is going to be, you know, one of the top AFC quarterbacks moving forward. He's going to be one of the biggest challenges to Trevor Lawrence to bring down, and I respect him for it. I mean, it's hard not to respect Burrow. I mean, he's very clutch, and he's not the most athletic quarterback. He's got athleticism, but. You know, it's not like he's going to win games the way Mahomes does or Josh Allen does, you know, on his feet. He just is a quick decision maker, and he's got some very reliable weapons. And when their their team plays complementary football, too, like yeah. they're always on the same page. And I, I would say earlier in the season, I think I remember week one, Burrow, what did he toss, like three or four interceptions in the first it was game? Four the first week. Yeah, so he didn't start off real hot, but, I mean, as the season's gone on, there's no question he's gotten better and improved. So I fully expect Cincinnati to run the table in that game. Yeah, I, I think they'll win that. They've they've got a good team up there, and Burrow just shows up in those big games. And mark my words on one thing. There will be a Joe Burrow and Trevor Lawrence AFC Championship game. There will, will be. Happen. At some and point, I will look forward to that. Yeah, it, that that is literally destiny. That will happen at some point. Um, 49ers and Seahawks. I've got the 49ers winning this. Seahawks are having issues. I know Kenneth Gainwell was out this last week. They could be missing him again. And mm-hmm. the 49ers can secure the division with a win. I think they're just going to get it done. Yeah, I would agree with that. I'd take the 49ers. Yeah, they're just too good of a team. They, they've probably got the best roster, maybe aside from the Eagles. Possibly mm-hmm. they're pretty close, just outside of the quarterback position. And, and Their then, defense just lit up the field against Tampa, man. I mean, they are just yeah. stellar, seriously like reliable. Yeah. yeah. And then you got Saints and Falcons. I, I went Saints because Desmond Ritter's in his first start probably yeah. have a lot of mistakes. He did say he was going to bring a Super Bowl to Atlanta, but I don't know if it's going to be this year. He doesn't lack confidence, that's for sure. Yeah, just, something tells me maybe the Falcons won't go all the way and win the Super Bowl. As much as yeah. that would be a cool thing. Not this year, at least. Yeah, maybe next year. And when they get back year. to the Super Bowl, they're going to be under a lot of pressure for that last Super Bowl appearance they were in. So they're going to have to make it up to their fans big time when they get there. <laughs> yeah, I do hope they win one. I really do. I like the Falcons. Probably my second favorite team, arguably. Um, they're the, they're gonna be good in the years to come. I have no doubt about that. Yeah, they, especially with Tampa, weapons. especially when Tampa and Brady part, whenever that is, whether that's next season or moving <laughs> forward. I think Atlanta could honestly take over that division. Yeah, it's gonna be them and Carolina, depending on who they have at quarterback in Carolina, and also mm-hmm. in Atlanta. To be fair, because you don't know that Ritter's gonna be the guy long term. Um, Commanders and Giants. And keep in mind this My one. fantasy team. Yeah. Uh, the Commanders, 
tied with the Giants, and they went on bye week. So they've had two weeks before this game to stew on it. Mm-hmm. I feel I'm like this take has to be... Really? Okay. Yeah. How they come? just got embarrassed by Philly, like, badly. And I believe they hold a playoff position still, so they cannot afford to drop one to, to Washington. Washington could win it. I'm not arguing that. They've shown... They obviously beat the Eagles earlier this year and the only team to do so. But I feel New York has to like make up for this last week. Yeah, maybe they will. I just I think the Commanders are an actual good football team that has a clear sense of direction finally. And so I think they're going to get it done. I think they're going to beat them. Could be. Um, yeah. And then you got Eagles over Bears. Um, that's my prediction. I just think this isn't even a game. <laughs> you know? I think Chicago I think Chicago could make it close. Fields has progressed a lot. And I do believe Chicago is gonna be one of the better teams along with Detroit in the years to come in that division. I think they could make it close, but I I think Philadelphia is just gonna overpower them. They're just a better team. It'll be similar to Kansas City and Jacksonville when they played. You know, yeah. Kansas City's a juggernaut, you know, Jacksonville's finding its team identity and you know trying their hardest to get there as fast as possible. But it was just two teams that are in different spots and just the one team's more established than the other at the moment. Yeah. I, I just feel like this is going to be the game where people are going to kind of realize, you know, maybe Justin Fields is not a top five quarterback right now. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's not terrible, but he's, he, he's not perfect right now. He's got to develop as a passer. He's good at all the mm-hmm. other things, but, he needs to become a good passer. Um, in the last game of the week, Packers and Rams. Uh, who do you got? Ah, uh, Green Bay. They're playing catch up. And Christian Watson, man, has he been a beast. He is uh, really making some eye-popping plays and helping that offense out. Aaron Rodgers, I think, is – I wouldn't say he's done, but I don't see him ever winning a Super Bowl again. Um I think Green Bay is going to have to find an answer at quarterback here in the coming season, possibly this season, because there's been hints and rumors that Rodgers might call it quits. So that happens. You're looking at Jordan Love or possibly someone they draft if they're not confident in him. But I would say the Packers get it done. I think Aaron Rodgers will, you know, he'll win another Super Bowl when he follows Brett Favre's path to the New York Jets. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, no. Then he ends up with the Vikings <laughs> but... after they get rid of Cousins. Yeah, no, I'm just he, kidding. He has some respect for the Vikings. I've also got the Packers where sorry, Packers winning. Um Rams are on an emotional high and and they're a terrible team. It's mm. just the simple truth about it. The Packers are also off a of bye week. They've had time to prepare for this game. I think they're just going to go in and beat them, have a solid game and Baker Mayfield's going to come back down to earth a little bit. I don't think yeah. it'll be awful, but I, I don't think he's going to play some miraculous game for him. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers will have to summon his inner Derek Carr if he wants to lose to the Rams. So, Yeah, he, he's probably got in there somewhere. So, yeah, those are all the games for this upcoming week, and we'll close out the show with our last section, What Went Right. So if Jacksonville is able to defeat the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday in the bank, why do you think it was? I think some of the most important things is they don't beat themselves, especially on penalties. You know, for as good as a game as they had against Tennessee in their own stadium, 
it was uh, they amassed a lot of penalties in the first half, and those can be you know a backbreaker if it happens at the wrong time in the game. So definitely, definitely don't amass more penalties than you need, if any at all. Um, obviously, you got to shut down Ezekiel Elliott, C.D. Lamb, and Dak Prescott. You got to have a plan to confront what they're going to bring because they're going to make plays. I mean, that's that, there's no question about that. You have to win the uh, regarding turnovers. Don't turn the ball over to them. Capitalize on every critical error that Dallas makes, whether it's critical or minor. You know, put points on the board to respond. I think clock management is huge. You know, the Jags have had some success with having these drives that you know can milk five or six minutes off the clock this year. I've seen it yep. several times from them now. Saw it so in keep person. the ball. Keep the ball out of Dak Prescott's hands as much as possible. Um, and I think overall, um, the defense is going to have to bring a lot of pressure on Prescott. Like, they're going to have to have answers to him. And like I said, there will be big plays that he makes. There's no question. But they can't, you know, get in a frenzy or panic when that happens. They have to have a response. And I think red zone, you know, efficiency – has been a strong suit of that defense uh, minus the Lions game. They've had some games where they've been incredible at, you know, keeping the team to at least a field goal, not letting them in with set, with uh, six points and then the extra point. So I think if they can manage that, they can, uh, and they limit their mistakes and penalties, I think they got a chance. Yeah, I, I agree with all those points. I've got two main ones. Um, Trevor Lawrence needs to have a good, clean performance. Don't turn over the ball. You know, maybe you can turn over once, but just try to have a clean performance again. Play like you've been playing. You know, if you uh-huh. if he's like he was against Tennessee, they should win this game. And the other part of this is for the Jaguars defense. Do what you did last week. Force turnovers. You're not going to be perfect. The Cowboys are going to score points, but give your offense extra possessions and take advantage of some bad throws because we know now Dak Prescott can make mistakes. We, I mean, we knew that before, to be fair, but we saw it in Houston, or I don't know if it was in Houston or in Dallas, but we saw it against Houston, and Jacksonville can take advantage of that. I think there's just been some magic at home this year, too. Get Jacksonville involved in the game, probably the biggest thing. He's just got to make quick reads, you know, get the ball out of his hands quick, don't let the defense pressure him too much, and uh, just continue to find options downfield. Yep, I, I think he'll succeed in all those things. Should be a good game. Hopefully they'll win it. Hopefully we'll we'll keep this thing rolling and maybe we'll control our own destiny by the end of the week. Yeah. But that's all we're going to have for this show. We appreciate y'all joining us today for the latest episode of On the Prowl presented by Cardiac Cats. We'll see y'all next week after week 15. Week 15.